is WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz, and uh, that's an unusual way to uh, to start our show because usually we say, wow, it's been another week already, but, but we have an unusual uh, guest today. We have a judge extraordinaire, and now, now Andy, uh, that was Andy Bozek, Greg Sims, and um, I will tell you that I've been practicing this all week. I thought, wow, wouldn't it be kind of fun to say, here come the judge. Here come the judge. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Ooh, I was ready to say, sit down, you're on a line. <laughs> you, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah. We don't get any of that. <laughs> you're out of order. <laughs> I don't even have a gavel. <laughs> you don't have a gavel? No, I wouldn't know what to do with one. Oh, I can figure out Wait. something to do with one. Wait, does, does he mean he didn't bring a gavel, or he doesn't have a gavel on the bench? <laughs> oh, we got it. All right, Greg, we got to invest in a gavel for Judge Fish. <laughs> we got to introduce Judge Fish, by the way, too. I don't know if he's got his name. Yes, our our judge extraordinaire today is is Judge Mike Fish, and um, the Superior Court one. Okay, he helped me out with that one, by the way. Um, and and you're you're on your fourth year. This is third, the start of my third year. Third year, okay. So how's it been going so far? Is it uh, everything you you kind of thought a judgeship would be? Yeah, it's pretty close to what you expect it will be. Mm -hmm. uh, it's difficult, you know. There are a lot of difficult issues we deal with. Sometimes difficult people that we have to interact with. Uh, but overall, it's what I expected it would be. Okay. Yeah. Wow. See that that's I guess that because yeah, the, the judge's job is to basically uh, you've got a dispute and you try to solve the dispute or is it a well, I guess, I, don't know, I guess what would it be? Well, we do a lot of different business in my court. It's a general jurisdiction court. So we handle higher level felonies. We handle uh, civil cases that sometimes are more complex, but we also handle regular civil collection cases, too. Small court, I'm um, sorry, small claims court has a jurisdictional limit of like $10,000, but people still, some collection agencies still file their smaller claims in my court because it's easier for them to uh, process them. And they don't have to come to court. So I might get an $800 credit card collection case. Oh. And it's just easier for them to do the work. So sometimes we're just standing at the computer doing default judgments or things of that nature. So some people don't even need to go into your court to, to kind of deal with it? Oh, no. The only cases that really come into court are ones that are in a certain point of the litigation stage where they need to uh, either bring a motion, like motion practice before the court, or when they're getting ready to actually put their case on for trial. The cases that come to court all the time are my criminal cases. Okay. And we handle level six cases and above. Uh, so level five all the way up through murders. Okay. Oh, wow. So since since Andy, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll just speak for him. He doesn't know what level five or level six is. So if you want to explain that for Andy, you can. So and, and I'd appreciate that. I'd like to stay out of trouble. So I have not figured those out yet. <laughs> Under the radar, Greg. And real quick, though, I do want to thank our sponsor. Um, you know, Greg, if you want to throw them oh, out, I think we goodness, forgot that at right. the beginning. Independent Order of Oddfellows, Chequick Lodge Number Fifty Six, Downtown Valparaiso, Indiana. And uh, yes, we, we, we thank them for their support. And uh, so now back to level right. five, now level yeah. six. <laughs> well, the felonies go from one through six. So, and then murders as well. And, so, and one being the lowest level? 
One is the highest. Oh, oh, okay. One's bad, really bad. Yeah, one cases are um, fairly uh, difficult. Okay. Um, crimes. Uh, the most recent ones we've had that were higher level one felonies that have gone to trial were child molestation cases. Mm. I had a neglect of a dependent case that would have been a level one felony. Now, now, when you go level one uh, neglect, is that does it depend on the age of the child, like up to five years old? Like, because you know, if you neglect someone at twelve years old, is that as bad as neglecting someone who is three years old? There's an age consideration in the statute, but what's more significant about the statute is that a level one is for a catastrophic injury or death. Oh, okay. A level three is for a serious bodily injury, and then level five is neglect that doesn't necessarily result in a significant injury. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Wow. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just one type, you know. Yeah. Other level ones can be possession of or dealing drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, have enough, if you have enough heroin or enough fentanyl or cocaine, it could be charged as a level one, I think. Uh, level twos are up there as well. Same kind of crimes. Mm -hmm. uh, level threes can be rapes as well. Uh, level fours um, also sometimes deal with things like... Um, Child molest can be a level four. I think some of the um, incest case that I had was a level four. Mm. Level fives, the things I see most often in level five cases are um, battery cases with more serious in uh, battery cases like on a public official. Okay. Or intimidation oh. cases against public officials. Now, now, when you say public official, is that someone that's elected to office or is that somebody that's like appointed either one. it could be either one okay yeah, i have to look at it closer i suppose i haven't really seen one charged against somebody who's been appointed oh okay um, but we did have one against one of our judges where somebody threatened uh oh no kidding judge buckley they threatened his life so they're in the level five they're in the courtroom and while he was doing his stuff i, I i'm gonna kill you or i'm gonna how did and and i guess the moment someone says that you have to take it seriously and say you know, hey, they're you know, sorry, dude, you're you're going down. Versus, no, I didn't mean it. I I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, we would take any threat very seriously. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Level fives for battery. So if you do battery on a police officer, that can oh. be level five. Okay. Yeah. So, so Judge, I have a question. Is this how is this related to federal? So you're handling um, state cases, correct? So when you're talking felonies, one through six, that's a, a state thing, or is that uh, federal crimes too that you handle? Or is that all through a whole different court system? Yeah, we only do the state cases. So federal cases okay. have a completely different system, and I wouldn't even know. Oh, okay. Comparatively. Oh. Um. I didn't know if you handled some of those federal cases too. I, I mean, I guess I should have known that, but <laughs> I, didn't, no, no, no. I wanted to clarify. And, and then you have the discretion to elevate it, right? Based on the evidence you see or? Oh, not at all, no. Oh, no. The oh. prosecutor has the discretion of what oh. level the case is charged. Okay, so you can you disagree with that? I mean, is there like a check and balance there? Like, hey, prosecutor, I, I think this needs to be higher or this is too low or? Or whatever. Can, no? I can disagree, <laughs> but it wouldn't do me any good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can't I, change how he charges. Our, oh, okay. Our prosecutor's a man, so I refer okay. to Gary as Yeah, he, yeah. Um, Gary German's our prosecutor. Yeah. Uh, he charges the cases how he charges them, or his deputies sometimes oh, charge. Oh, okay, okay. But I imagine for the most part, you probably, I imagine, agree or seem it's acceptable, I mean, right? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, what sure. did I just... <laughs> 
no, for the most part. Wait, he's yeah. an impartial judge. Impartiality. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care. And that's the thing, Andy, that I, I, I want to say it's not really my job to disagree, you know? You're, you're part of that fair due process. Yeah. It's, yeah. They charge whatever they charge. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't have discretion to, uh, uh, like, say the prosecutor wants to dismiss a case, mm -hmm. and I think it should stay on. Okay. Um, I can't say no. Oh, I have to dismiss okay. it. Gotcha. Whatever they would ask me to do, I'd dismiss it. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, I don't know how else to explain that, but. Yeah. So, Judge. Yeah. So, how did you become a judge? I mean, I know. You campaigned three years ago. I was working that, too, and I know we'll probably have to do it again next year if we run. But you were a lawyer before that, I assume, and, and became a judge? Is now, that, wait a second. Before he was a lawyer, this dude was in the military. Sure. He was kicking well, butt, taking names, and uh, yeah. Well, I did practice law, or have been practicing law here in Porter County since I graduated from law school in 1999. Uh, and I've been in the National Guard as a service member since 1989. Uh, so I was doing well, all thank that you for your service. simultaneously, mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Um, but I practiced general practice law, did a variety of things, uh, family court, bankruptcy court, uh, some criminal stuff, civil litigation cases, different things. I worked at a law firm that used to be in town called Terrell and Thrall, and then I went out on my own back in like 2012. Uh, caught a couple of deployments along the way. Uh, one of those I was still oh, wow. at the firm, uh, and then I deployed back in 2009, or I'm sorry, 2019, 2020 after I was already on my own. And then one day you said, I want to, think I want to be a judge. Uh, it didn't really happen that way. Uh, it didn't really happen that way. Uh, throughout the court, you know, when I got back from my deployment in 2009-2010 uh, at Afghanistan, one of my friends out at the juvenile court contacted me to see if I could help cover for one of the, the, the magistrate out there was named Ed Nimeth, and he needed some coverage and then a short time later, he got ill, so I was covering more and doing uh -huh. a lot of work out at the juvenile court. So you kind of get a feel for being on the bench. And for me, it felt like something I really enjoyed doing. I got a lot of uh, positive feedback mm -hmm. from people telling me they had... Uh, that you look good in the robe. That's what they kept telling you, <laughs> that black robe. It's all about <laughs> the robe. <laughs> it makes my eyes pop. And, and, and <laughs> when he wears that uh, that powdered wig, that really sets it off. For sure. <laughs> he doesn't even have a gavel. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> so they were, they were giving you positive feedback, and I, I imagine along the way you're going, May, maybe there's something to this, or, uh, you know, I'd really, I'm going to explore this a little bit more. Yeah, I felt like it was something I wanted to do. I had friends who are in the National Guard who also are judges. Mm -hmm. um, and they had given me some idea like you should probably run maybe you have a good name oh. go for a ballot uh, maybe yeah. you look good on a sign <laughs> it does uh, it really does <laughs> uh things like that and then yeah. when i was at my deployment in 2019 2020 is when judge bradford had announced his retirement that mm -hmm. summer and one of the guys i was with on my deployment is a judge down in clinton county oh wow he kind of helped me put the paperwork together. I mm -hmm. had to get permission from the Secretary of the Army oh. uh, to be able to run because I was on what are called Title 10 orders at the time, working as an active Army guy. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't allowed to do politics and be in the Army at the same time. Oh, So wow. I had to get permission to be able to file. I still couldn't campaign. Oh, okay. Uh, so I mailed my papers in from Kuwait, um, had you know lawyers and uh, family who kind of helped 
run some interference in the background for me until I got back. Wow. And then I was able to launch my campaign really right before uh, what would have been the primary date. We got our primary bumped a month. Oh, wow. If, if, you, mm-hmm. if, if you recall, that yeah. year, it was bumped yeah. until June. Yeah. So it was kind of a blessing for me because I was able to do some work that I wouldn't have been able to do. I couldn't mm-hmm. start campaigning until April 20th. Right. For Which is pretty in May. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So That's pretty intense. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you meet a lot of people fast, and we couldn't do proper campaigning, right, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time on the phone talking to people and mm-hmm. trying to meet new friends. Yeah. Wow. Is campaigning a little different for you guys? Because obviously for me or Greg campaigning, um, if we win that position, we're not – we're in a power position, but not that same role as a judge. Are, are there's limits on things that you can post or say while you're campaigning, or is it pretty much the same rules that we have to follow? The interesting thing for me at that time, because I wasn't a judge, things were a little looser for me. Oh, now, okay. Now that I am a judge, things are a little uh, tightened up. The campaign will be a little different this time around. I won't be able to um, talk about all the same issues that I was talking about before. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You'll still be able to hang out with me once in a while, though, right? 100%. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Well, can I ask a question? Because you mentioned magistrate, and that's something we hear all the time, and I kind of understand it, but I think the, the people that listen um, could have some questions. Can you kind of explain what a magistrate is and why they're needed? Porter County has three magistrates. We have a magistrate in my court. We have a magistrate in Judge Clymer's court, which is Superior Court 2, and there's a magistrate out at the Juvenile Court, which is handled by the Circuit Court, which is also Superior Court 5, which is Judge DeBoer. Our magistrates in DO1 and DO2 handle family law cases, and they handle estates, trusts, guardianships, things of that nature. And it's critical because that work is so time-consuming when I leave the courthouse every day, those magistrate cars are the ones that are still in the parking lot. And I'm not leaving at like 2 o'clock. I'm leaving at 445, and they're still there working. I'm sure it's the same out of juvenile court. Juvenile court handles basically three kinds of cases, which are juvenile detention cases, juvenile chins cases, and juvenile paternity cases. So that keeps her docket fairly uh, busy as well. Uh, and they're critical to us. Magistrates have So they're like staff. assistant judges? No, that would be no. That's not fair. Uh, that's not fair. Okay, uh, thank you. Say yeah. They're they're they have all the same powers as a judge, except the power of mandate. Okay, so a couple of years ago they changed the statute. It used to be that every magistrate had to have their documents countersigned by the judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. They can sign their own stuff now. Huh. Um, they just can't. They just can't mandate things. What so, would that mean? What do you, when you say mandate uh, things like they, changing the law or like what is that? Uh, what would so be an example of that? One example of this, since I'm sitting here with two city council people, <laughs> is if <laughs> say say we have like a need for um, indigent funds to pay for a court reporter transcripts, for example, uh-huh. and you all say no <laughs> at the council, we could uh-huh. do a judicial mandate to force you to pay those funds. And what would happen oh, if we didn't pay? Would, 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 that, would you have us uh, put out a bench warrant? I don't think so. It would never come to that. Um, 
Those things are really Holy cow, Judge Fish is taking us down. <laughs> you asked for an example. That's the only one I could come up with. But. That was great. And, Thank and, you. Thank and you. you wanted to give him a gavel. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's about all the time we have for today. <laughs> Perfectly played. <laughs> oh my God. No, but that's cool. So, okay, now let's let's go. Let's see if there's a magistrate. But you you appoint um, your own magistrate, correct? So the magistrate in my court and in Judge Clamor's court is appointed by all six judicial officers. Okay. Uh, all six judges, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. And magistrate DeBoer's magistrate is hired just by the circuit court judge. Okay, so if you ever want to replace I them, said Judge DeBoer, I apologize. Ju- yeah. Judge DeBoer. Oh, yeah. Her yeah. magistrate's hired by her alone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if if for some reason somebody wanted somebody else to be at the magistrate, then all six have to like sign off on like, okay, we don't want you anymore. Sorry, we want you instead. Or I think it'd probably only take four out of six. Okay. Yes. Th- that's interesting. And uh, so for, does that happen often where you're like, eh, it changes. No, in fact, in my court, I've, like I said, been here in town since 1996. I was a law clerk at the firm where I practiced. There was a gentleman, uh, Magistrate Jim Johnson was the magistrate up to, um, gosh, I want to say 20, uh, 2011, something like that. Oh, wow. 2012. And then it became Judge DeBoer was Mm -hmm. the magistrate in that court. Oh, okay. Until she replaced Judge Harper. And then the magistrate for Judge climber kathy forbes was that magistrate for as long as i could recall i mean mm-hmm. she had that job for 25 plus years oh wow so it was in 2018 i think she decided to retire and then uh magistrate hardwick's been in that job since then wow yeah so there's not a lot of turnover no okay we wouldn't i mean that would be we like the continuity i mean I yeah think we prefer that more steady state and, and it, would you say that the magistrate is kind of like the minor leagues of being a judge? No. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> he already no, said no, no to that earlier. No, 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 wait a second. No, he said, <laughs> he said something slightly different. <laughs> no. No, it, well, we're taking this sign bite. <laughs> in fact, I mean, my magistrate, because of the types of cases she deals with, the family cases and the estate cases, you have to really slow your thinking down on cases like this. It takes a lot of time. There's a mm-hmm. lot of evidence that people prepare or uh, present. They're the more emotional cases. I mean, you might oh, think okay. that a guy who comes in for a trial, for a rape trial, is mm-hmm. having a really emotional day, possibly. But when you have people who are coming in for their divorce case, mm-hmm. you've got two highly charged emotions. They're typically working on custody cases for oh, their kids and okay. it all deals with money. I mean, mm-hmm. how their lives are going to shake out going forward, mm-hmm. you know, taking prison out of the equation, <laughs> of course, but they're still very stressed and it's very difficult. So, I mean, it's it's not Bush League stuff at all. No. Okay. No. It's important. Would you refer just, to them? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you, do you call them your honor? Like if I'm before them, is that the same title? Your, absolutely. Your honor or no? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Some people call them judge. I mean, it's in in the vernacular uh, but yeah people call him your honor uh, i call her anna i call him mark okay or, i call her Kristen. Okay. <laughs> but you know you have that wig and robe so you can do whatever the heck you want no one's gonna yeah, that's not true people always say that to me that i can do whatever i want and that's just simply not true who is gonna mess with a judge Other oh judges. my gosh we've got two levels of appeal <laughs> and a disciplinary commission as well so 
Yeah, they keep us straight. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's like, the, like the sheriff when we had the recorder on and he said, or was it him or the coroner that said he could arrest the sheriff? The coroner can arrest the, the sheriff. The coroner, yes, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the only power they have in that regard is, yeah, yeah. can arrest the sheriff. I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's one of those checks and balances kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. I can't imagine that's ever been uh, enforced. Well, you know, that's got to be a pretty bad day if the sheriff is going to get arrested, you know, let alone the corner oh there's a test. rule out there for it i'm sure it's happened we have to look that up <laughs> I, that it's I heard of a case down in southern indiana where the prosecutor had been charged with some uh, crimes no kidding yeah so so then who would charge the prosecutor that's a good uh, they have to call in a special prosecutor oh okay the, and but district prosecutor would call on his boss then you think no so the prosecutor doesn't have any real boss except for the people mm-hmm. um they just have to call on a special prosecutor. So whatever law enforcement agency is bringing the charges. Oh, okay. Probably the state police. Oh, okay. They have to find a special prosecutor. Wow. And be appointed. And that's pretty crazy. By the court. Yeah. 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 Things, well, you Good know, I guess. Good to see the system in action. And, and yeah, there's reasons for everything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mean, nobody's above the law, right? Right. You just ask people to obey it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Teddy Roosevelt said something similar. Like. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, this is WVLP. Uh, you've been listening to Porter County Buzz, uh, 103.1 FM. And uh, we have uh, Judge Mike Fish here today and talking about the magistrates and the, the dealings of a judgeship and what cool cars you get to drive because of it. And he's got one spiffy suit on today, too, I'll tell you. It's, uh, I'm, I'm wearing rags right now, actually, compared to him. But I'm, You just got back from vacation. Well, I did. You're probably tan, too. <laughs> I, I'll leave that to Mike. Uh, well, I'm, I may be a little bit more red. I've never gotten this red before. This is weird. He's a little brown. Yeah. I've been sitting out a window with his <laughs> left arm, maybe a canoe or something. Yes, uh, I was in a canoe in the bathtub with a sun lamp. But uh, oh. no, we, we I actually, I, no, I, I was in a Dominican Republic, and I was, I was telling Judge Fish about this earlier. Um, I'll tell you, sometimes, and I know, Judge, you, you've been in, in foreign places. Well, heck, when you served, you've been in some, some interesting places. But the one thing that I think uh, we see is how good we have it is one thing, you know. And, and then on the other side, there's some really, really cool people in other places in the world, too. You oh, know? absolutely. So it, it's nice to see the extreme. And, uh, and too, I, I will tell you that when I was there, I was a— not accused. I was spoken to in Spanish, French, English, and uh, some people, I was, language I did not even recognize. <laughs> were there a lot of Europeans at um, There were, Spaniards were, were a heavy presence. Um, there was uh, French. There were a lot of Canadians. Sure. Uh, I didn't recognize any Germans. Polish, Russian. Um... And of course, Americans, you know, and, and and of course, you can you can always tell the a lot of New Yorkers. <laughs> sure, they, they were uh, some of them were a little bit bold in their you know their language and uh, and of course that accent, you know. I thought you were going to say their swimsuit choices, but no, the swimsuits were <laughs> were more conservative than I would have thought I would have uh, seen, but. Uh, yeah. It More than you good. hoped is what you meant to say. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I take that back. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was it was wonderful. And but here was the thing too that 
I, and, and Judge, I don't, you, you may get, get a, a kick out of this. I don't know. But uh, we're coming back. And uh, we had these uh, palm tree hats <laughs> dealing to the palms. For sure. And, and it was really cool. They're given to us. And we we're proud of them and stuff. And I, had, I also had two rocks that I brought back, uh, small rocks. I've got a, uh, a lighthouse. And I, whenever I go somewhere, if there's a rock, I put, so I put them by the lighthouse. So we're coming through customs and uh, on, on the way out from, from uh, the Dominican, and this guy, my, my bag gets flagged. And I'm thinking, okay, there's nothing in there. So, you know, the guy brings me over to the side. Now, he does not speak English at all. Sure. And, and he just points, and, you know, you, you do what, he's done, you know, what he says. And, and he pulls out these rocks, and he goes, no rocks. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with the rock? He goes, why? You know, you hit, and I go, lighthouse. And, of course, he had no idea what I was saying. No. And it kind of put them down. And then I had two empty Coke bottles. Because what we do at the airport, you know, you can't get through customs with liquid more than three ounces. Sure. So we take empty bottles, go through customs, or go through the TSA, I should say, and then fill them up. And, you know, so I've got water on the plane, or you put, you know, powder in it and stuff, and you got a beverage. Well, the guy ended up taking my bottles, my empty bottles, and then he put my rocks back in. And I'm like, okay, what just happened? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you think you got the souvenir rocks, at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we come, we, we arrive in America, and uh, we're going through all this custom line, and we should have gone this global thing, which means you, you pay $100 for it five years, and you fly right through. And uh, But no, didn't do that. And all of a sudden, I hear someone yell, palm hats. And I'm looking around, I'm going, oh, it's me. And... Come up, come with me. So I had to go to a special room, and they they searched my bags and took the hats. And they're going, these these are not good. I'm like, well, why not? Well, because the Dominican has little mites and stuff. I go, yeah. what? All I said, I said, dude, this was on my head. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So then you start scratching your head, like you know, it didn't scratch before, didn't itch before, but now it does because you know something's. Yeah. That's what happened to your hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God! But it was crazy. But you know, I I didn't give any kind of a you know remorse. I'm like, okay, what am I going to say? You know, no, you can't take my hats. That you could keep your rocks though. I did. That was really bizarre. That is. No rocks, and then he takes my bottles, my empty bottles, yeah. <laughs> and he puts the rocks back. <laughs> and I was going to bring my Mandalorian helmet in for some reason. I didn't, and. Uh, yeah, that was probably a mistake. I should have brought them everywhere I go, or usually where I go, I wear my Mandalorian helmet, so it's kind of fun. You should have worn it today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did to the first show, or was it the second show? Yeah. I, I think it was the second show, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you caught up on the episodes? Uh, no, I am one I'm one down. I missed Wednesdays, yeah. It's pretty entertaining. Well, you know, and you might, from a judge's point of view, I mean, you see, well, you, you know, unfortunately, you see a lot of bad Situate, you know, no one comes to court wishing somebody a happy birthday, and you know, he, so you see all the bad, kind of like a cop. Then the cop pulls somebody over; it's, it's usually a bad thing, or you know, whatever. Um, but it seems like the Mandalorian. You see, you see some bad, you know, that has, but you also see a lot of good, or like the potential. You know, they're trying to do the right thing, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to draw me into a conversation about how I see the potential. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not drawing a judge into anything. <laughs> I absolutely do. I 100% of the time uh, have hope for people to be able to recover from their drug problems. 
I have hope for their ability to overcome well, whatever struggles they're going through and have now a little bit broader understanding, I think, of what people go through in that in that situation. Because it's like you said. And how does that... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, how does that affect you? Because like a police officer, 911 op, they have to deal with all this trauma. You're dealing with that trauma too and having to see pictures of child molestation and all this negative and horrible stuff. How do you deal with that? How do you separate yourself from all this this bad in the world? Yeah, so I also have a really positive outlook on things. And I think that we see those things, but we understand we're involved more in a like business uh, proposition related to those items. So it's not something that mm-hmm. I have to take personally. It's not something that has to affect me emotionally. Uh, it does. I mean, there are things that I've heard in court. I've only been on the bench for a little bit over two years that will stay with me forever. Um, yeah. But you also get a little calloused up to those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I typically get to at least read about the case in pretrial motions. So I have some expectation of what will be at the trial. And I've seen a lot of pictures of like cadavers and um, bodies that have been shot through the work I've done with the military as a judge advocate as well. So it's not like there are things that are new to me. Oh, so you were doing some judge things with the military while you were overseas and stuff too then? Well, or some lawyers? Yeah, I'm an army lawyer, so we do. Oh, and I was a prosecutor. I didn't know that. Like I was a prosecutor in Afghanistan, so you get to see a little bit of that side of things. Soldiers do crimes, right? Mm-hmm. And we have to prosecute them. So, and there were murders there in Afghanistan as well. It's, oh wow! Uh, yeah. So it's everywhere. So then, when you okay, when you went on to college, you graduated college, yeah. and then then did you join the military and say put me to law school, or how did you have a law degree before? No. So I went to um, boot camp the week after I graduated from high school, mm-hmm. and then I was on a thing called a split option program. Give my plug for the Indian National Guard real quick. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, please option, do. A uh, split option can go to boot camp and then start college and then go to their advanced school the mm-hmm. following summer, mm-hmm. which is what I did. And I was enlisted for about 12 years. I went to law school during that time frame. Okay. And then I got what's called a direct commission into JAG Okay. as a result of having my law license. So you go just apply through, it's called officer procurement. Or okay. Was then, I don't know what it's called now. Mm-hmm. And go through interview process, go through, I don't know, all their bureaucratic stuff. Oops. They have to do. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple years later, they call you in and you swear in as an officer. So did, did the military pay for all your education then? Not a penny really oh. I got, I got student loan I got some student loan repayment as part of my original National Guard package mm-hmm. but that is canceled when you become an officer oh I didn't know that yeah heads up to anybody who's going through um, OBC or anything of that Wow mm-hmm. and I did get GI bill okay for my time in undergraduate school so it did so you you did get a fair amount of your education paid for not a penny they gave me about 200 bucks a month. That was your GI bill, oh two hundred dollars a month. GI bill, yes. Oh no! You got ripped off, Judge. <laughs> no, I got my school paid for uh, my undergraduate school scholarships, and uh, 
uh, I was a resident assistant and stuff like that. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was one too. That, that was fun times. That was good. <laughs> they fed me and they gave me a place to sleep. Right. And every once in a while, you got to let somebody in who locks their keys out of their room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Judge, are you still serving now? Are you still active? Are you retired? Or what, what's your military uh, ranking now, or what the word would be for that? Yeah, I'm still in the National Guard. I uh, just oh, that's awesome. got promoted to colonel uh, last summer. I'm the oh, staff. congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Wow. I can't spell it, but I know it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can't spell colonel. That's a hard word to spell. It's the. Uh, yeah, it's the highest rank I could probably get in the Guard. Um, That's awesome. I'm the staff judge advocate for the 30th Infantry Division out of Indianapolis. So I don't know. That probably means nothing to anybody except folks who are in the 30th, 30th Infantry Division. <laughs> well, now i got to debate internally. Do I call you judge or colonel from now on? I don't know. <laughs> you just call me Mike. You know, <laughs> I can't do that. Unless we're at the office. I can't do that. <laughs> But that that is cool. But theoretically, you can be called Colonel when I mean, because that that is part of your title, right? I wouldn't want that to be the norm. No. Um, uh, yeah, people who I work with in the guard, if mm -hmm. I outrank them, they call me sir. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. That's it. People who outrank me, I call them sir or ma'am. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there is a movement because we don't necessarily want to gender identify somebody mm -hmm. calling them sir or ma'am to start calling people by their rank. Oh, okay. So that's something that is, I guess, on the table in mm -hmm. the armed services now. So if I see somebody's rank, I might call them major. Okay. Or private or private or right. whatever. And that kind of makes sense. I mean, right? Because it is, is it appropriate? I mean, that is their rank. It's their title uh, too, and it yeah. takes away any mistake that you could make. Right. You know, in gendering somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what I like. You've earned that title, judge or colonel or whatever you want to be called, or Mike, if that's what you want to be called. But you've earned that. And I I look at it as a sign of respect when I see you to call you judge or yeah. sir. You know, I, I don't call you Mike. And that's why. It's because to me, I want you to know that I respect the position that you're in and that you earned and the, the giving back to the community that you're doing by doing it. I appreciate that. Thank you. And he wants you to remember that if he ever goes in front of you, you know, and you've got that gavel. That, you know. Hey, remember on the radio when I was giving you all that respect? Yeah. Dude, if I am ever in front of Judge Fish, I am going to probably poop my pants. So. We do some happy things in my court, too. We do adoptions. We do weddings. You can come in for an adoption or a wedding. You can come support somebody who might be in trouble. Well, you, you can bring him some cheesecake. I, I, I was told he likes cheesecake. Uh, Greg Sims makes a mean cheesecake for anybody who is offered cheesecake from Greg Sims. You can't mention that on the air. My wife listens to the shows now, and she's going to hear that and attack Greg. So what happened, he, was, he sent me a text. He said, I'll have like a unique cheesecake. Yeah. And at the beginning of this um, radio show, he said, I have a unique guest. Right? So if I'm up there in the same league as that cheesecake, which was <laughs> delicious and cinnamony. Uh, and, and I will tell you that it's it's very hard to go see him because he's got some uh, some bulldogs uh, yeah. guarding his door. Yeah, my secretary. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? What are you doing here? Why do you want to see my judge? I, do you have an appointment? Are you sure you're supposed to be here? What is your name, <laughs> rank, and serial number? All that stuff is like holy cow. <laughs> it's good to have good people. Yeah. 
<laughs> so what floor are you on, Judge Fish? Are you on the top floor at the courthouse or which I'm you got a nice view floor. at least? I'm on the third floor. I have the best view. I have the best view of Valparaiso from the courthouse. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Judge Clymer is up on the fifth floor. Um, his he's higher up there, but you know, like sometimes when you're in, you know, the higher seats, you know, at a ball game or something, you just can't see things as well. Mm. Uh, that's his predicament. <laughs> he's so darn there. tall too. It's like holy, that's like a double standard. Yeah, yeah. He's like six four. Everything looks really small from, from his vantage point. <laughs> So we did a remodel at the courthouse, what, about four years ago? I think right before you got in, right? Was it, was, or it was finishing up? So How's it been? They've done some things where the windows were redone, and there, I think maybe were new carpet put down and some painting. Oh, it was lipstick. I thought it was more of a remodel. Uh, I think that's what happened. It, it's great, though. I mean, it looks good. The uh, windows, finally, they added blinds uh, sometime last year, and that was a welcome addition, especially about three in the afternoon when that sun starts banging through the courthouse, <laughs> uh, the courtroom rather into the eyes of the people who are sitting there at council table. That was, Oh, wow. Awesome. So, oh, no. Very welcome to, they're all wearing sunglasses inside. <laughs> I would have thought you would have liked that. It would get them to hurry up and make your day shorter. <laughs> yeah, like interrogation that you sometimes see in the dark room, with the bright light. Um, <laughs> now, now do you get to, uh, do you, I, do you pick juries? Are you part of that process? Do you, Absolutely. Yeah. Part of the process uh, to pick a jury, mm -hmm. uh, typically the process is that if you get summoned for juror duty, you come in at your appointed time, they check you in and you sit and you wait for a little mm -hmm. while, then you watch a video that mm -hmm. is produced by the jury committee, which I'm on, by the way, down at oh. the Supreme Court, um, which tells people a little bit about what to expect from the case uh -huh. that's coming up. Then I come in, I give a little spiel, I ask them some softball questions like making sure they're really United States citizens, making sure they're over mm -hmm. 18, making sure they're Porter County <laughs> residents that kind of stuff. Uh, and then some things that might determine whether they have a real conflict, mm -hmm. like if they are brothers with uh, the police officer who worked on the case, mm -hmm. or if they are a client of the attorney who's defending the case, that kind of stuff. Or, or if they worked with, uh, or they, they knew one of the lawyers uh, 20 years ago and they recognized each other when they walked into the courthouse? Yeah, sometimes that could disqualify somebody. Um, Sometimes not, depending mm. on how much contact they've had in that interim period for oh, three years. Okay. Sometimes we can get by a okay. potential problem like that. Now, out what of about all, elected officials? Can they serve as as? Oh, that's a good question. Because to me, like, I might not vote. He's guilty if I think he's guilty. If he's going to vote for me, I'm mean, not saying that's oh a reality, God, but I'm just, <laughs> but I'm just saying that it seems like a conflict to me. That's why I asked. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're ever in somebody's court now for jury duty, and one of the attorneys brings up striking you for cause because of the inherent bias that you would only uh, vote for them if they would vote for you. <laughs> oh uh, I, I didn't out. say that. <laughs> I think that's an easy way out. But, but what is the, have, out of all the excuses some people might, I mean, or does someone say, I shouldn't be here because, is, have you ever heard of like a crazy, like off the wall? No? No, not really. I mean, people have really legitimate reasons for not wanting to do jury mm -hmm. duty. One of the most frequent ones I have is that people have to work. Oh. And they want to be able to be at their regular job where they make the actual money that right. they have to have to uh, pay their bills. Mm -hmm. And when they're on jury duty, there's no promise that their employer will pay them like they're at work. Right. If they have to burn vacation time or pay time off or something yeah. of that nature, then yeah. they might get paid. Um, but like low-income people who work hourly or are part-time workers yeah. or like are tipped workers, mm -hmm. they have a real struggle to stick around. Oh, so yeah. you ask them, you know. 
are you going to be so worried about not being able to put food on the table or oh, wow. pay your light bill yeah. next week that you mm -hmm. won't be able to think about the evidence and consider the evidence in the case? Yeah. And if they say yes to that question, they get to go home too. Okay. Uh, there's a bill downstate. Uh, it may be going before the Senate today mm -hmm. um, about juror compensation. Oh, like increasing, increasing the, the money? Increasing juror compensation. Yeah. So like, like I said, I was on, I'm, I'm on the jury committee mm -hmm. and we're trying to double the fee. So it's forty dollars a day now. Okay. I'm trying to double it up to eighty. Okay. And then if you just show up for the morning, like I had a jury uh, selection on Tuesday, mm -hmm. and if you just showed up, you got fifteen bucks. Okay. I'm trying to double that to thirty. And then who pays for that? Is it the county, the state? Well, so it's funded through user fees. Okay. On one hand, mm -hmm. um, everybody who pays a criminal court costs, mm -hmm. there's a two dollar fee included in that court cost that they pay. Okay. And they're trying to triple that to six dollars. Okay, and then that would help pay for the increase. Yep, and then there's a new fee for what are called CT or civil tort cases mm -hmm. and plenary docket cases. Which, like I talked to people about a plenary case today, it was about a land dispute. Like okay. somebody bought property, but when they got the deed, it didn't have the property in it. That, oh, that they were told that they were buying. <laughs> right? They example. bought the Brooklyn Bridge, did they? <laughs> that's, that's just one example. Um, and they're charging a fee on those cases of seventy-five dollars. Oh wow! So that's a huge jump from zero to seventy-five. Oh, it was nothing before. Now it's going to go to seventy-five. Okay. But if you think about it, I mean, these are like car accident cases. Yeah. So the filing fee, I think, is one hundred sixty-five bucks or something. Mm -hmm. So you jump it up to whatever two thirty-five. Yeah. On a judgment or an award or a settlement that's going to be twenty, forty, fifty, three hundred thousand dollars, million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's nothing. Yeah, it's not a big deal. No, that's good. That. Uh, if that increases the amount of money for the people and, and it helps them do their civic duty, you know, without stressing out. Well, it makes for a... And I've had people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go yeah. ahead, Andy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just saying... I just want you to know that. I didn't mean to. Uh, but you uh, did. virtual thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking notes right up. now. He's writing down <laughs> your name. Actually, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a witness. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, I've had people that work for me that have been pulled for jury duty before, and they're very concerned of, well, are you guys going to pay me? Are you guys going to, you know, what am I going to do for feeding my family and stuff? So that's a huge thing, because $40 a day really, I mean, for some people that's cool, but, you know, if you are got a full-time career, that's not a lot of money. So, so it amounts to about five bucks an hour. Yeah, right? yeah, it's sense. terrible. And we take taxes out of it. Oh! Oh my goodness! <laughs> what, uh, Andy? What do you guys do? Do you guys uh, do you Shut pay them break. more? <laughs> oh, oh no! I thought you were. I was just saying we're a trucking company. Um, <laughs> you know, most of the time in the situation, the, the first day um, we we let them go figure out what they're going to do. You know, what are they going to be there for a while? They kind of got a general understanding. They don't know if it's going to be weeks, months, but mm -hmm. you know, in the past, um, and I you know, can't say this will be our policy forever, but in the past we have paid them, some of them, um, that work for me. So, okay. That's, that's what we did. So, so your but guys aren't not, being punished for going. don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, there's right. no requirement in Indiana for that. So, yeah, they, they, the the employers can do whatever they want, basically. Right, yeah. but now I said it on on the air. The next time we don't pay an employee, now I'm in front of Judge Fish, and they're <laughs> suing me. And he's like, "Well, you said it on air." I don't think they don't have, they don't have a real claim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what do you have any like crazy stories? Like the one where you just. You, you got in your chamber and you close the door and you go, what the heck just happened? 
that's why I react to those things in my chamber. I'm not allowed to, not allowed to react to those things when they're happening in front of me. And unfortunately, if I talked about the facts of cases like that on the air like this, somebody could associate the people. Oh, with the facts. okay. Yeah, we don't want to get you in trouble or anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I want to talk about like, yeah. what goes on behind the robe when I oh. consider <laughs> those kinds of No, cases. that could be a live reality show, though. I'm thinking we hook them up. Yeah, you don't want me mic'd up in my chambers, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see some interesting things, and I think yeah. that a lot of that stuff is a matter of the public record. And if you reviewed the charging information that charging informations mm -hmm. uh, that get filed in my court um, uh, every week, mm -hmm. you'd see some very interesting things. And sometimes some of that stuff makes the newspaper. Okay. And they, they do use yeah. the uh, public documents to write their stories. Have you ever had one of your cases go to Judge Judy? What? No. <laughs> That'd be uh, awesome. Oh, no. That's, I, I, I know years ago, the, the producers from the J Judge Judy came and took a couple cases, and I don't know if those ever made it on the show. But uh, Man, yeah. we had a case that we got that had been to Judge Judy. Okay. They weren't able to work out the dispute through Judge Judy because what Judge Judy does, the way I understand it, is they do like a mediation with the people first, mm -hmm. and they try to settle their case, and then yeah. they make a show out of it. Right. They produce it, and then they make it into a show. Yeah. Um, I think I got like the remnant of something, or maybe I'm mixing it up with something else. But we had had a situation similar to that. Wow! Um, but <laughs> it only means that mediation failed, and that happened. Gotcha. That, those are cases that come before us all the time. Um, yeah, because I thought a lot of times in the Judge Judy cases, the plaintiff gets paid no matter what, and they pay it off, and they just make it look like the people are paying it. Is that not I how it really that. works? I heard that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, because well, if you think but about I, I it, her jurisdiction, I mean, she's California. So if they got a case coming from Indiana, she has no jurisdiction in Porter County. Yeah, that's why it's got to be a so, settlement. Right, right. Yeah. So that's a, it's always interesting. And especially, too, could you honestly imagine, I mean, I can't see you ever yelling and screaming at people like she does without thinking someone's going to come across that bench and try to, you know, come after you. He does well, yeah. that at a council meeting. He yells at us. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> that was Andy Bozek that said that. Not Greg said Andy Bozek. With a smile. <laughs> I, I don't try to yell at people. I haven't really had to raise my voice uh, very often. And I have security guards in there. And you do see the occasional time where the security guard will have to lean in or the security guard might go up to one of the defendants and whisper something to them. And I don't know what they say, but it calms them down. Wow. Uh, uh, they have that effect. Uh, so we don't have to be nasty to people. Like you said earlier, I mean, people are there. It's the most difficult day of their life. Mm -hmm. You want to treat them with dignity and respect. Yeah. I'm about to sentence a guy for whatever crime he committed or a gal, you know, yeah. whatever crime they did. I don't also need to be a jerk about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, part of that dead due process and everything. Everyone has that right uh, for, yeah, like you said, the respect. And, yeah, it's interesting. So what does a typical day of a judge look like? So Monday, do you show up to your courtroom or are you dealing with lawyers? Are you dealing with other golf course running a courtroom? <laughs> not a golf course, but no. <laughs> So I get to work. He's probably at the gun range. <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, he's ex-military. Uh, <laughs> Again, Judge that was Andy Bozek. <laughs> yeah. Judge Clyburn and I would go shoot. We just haven't had the chance to go do it yet. Um, but it's so a typical day, Andy, on a Monday is my high-level felony day. 
So I typically get there and there's been some calamity, some defendant can't get there, some lawyer can't get there, there's some you know, hullabaloo in the court. Um, I ignore all that. I go get my robe on. Uh, we start the court. And his wig. We, we start court as promptly as uh, we can after nine o'clock and uh, just handle the high level felony cases. We go until noon. Uh, Monday afternoons, sometimes I have like pretrial conferences, sometimes I do like case management conferences. Uh, but I try to keep the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday open because I do my juries on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, okay. And then I set longer things. Like I was in a two day long guardianship hearing uh, two weeks ago. Um, well, no, that was last week um, during those days. And then, you know, we always have stuff like people have to put on the record their, their motions to dismiss or their motions for summary judgment. They all get court time for that. And then the judge has to have some time to actually rule on those things as well. So I mm -hmm. do things under advisement. I have to do my research. I have to review all the materials they provide the court and their motions and their arguments. And the well, you also have to run a courtroom. You got to get chairs and, and get your people where they need to be. And you're managing all of that, correct? Well, I have people who help me with those kinds of tasks. So I have a bailiff mm -hmm. who's in charge of making sure my courtroom's ready for court. Uh, I have two oh, okay. Yeah, they help with that kind of stuff. My, and I have a court reporter who makes sure that the record is correct. You know, she records all the court's information or all the court's uh, evidence and arguments and things and also is a stenographer. So she sits there and types in shorthand. Is, is, do you always have the same one, the same court reporter? Yeah. What's that? You, you always have the same court reporter? So I, I usually always have the same court reporter. Yeah. My court reporter's on vacation this week because oh. it was spring break. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had hired somebody from another court reporter oh, okay. to come in and cover it. But that's like a job. So, I mean, I, I, I guess it's part of the court. So if people out there were, you know, thinking, hey, maybe I'd kind of like to look, work for a judge or something, do, do you hire those reporters yourself or does it, okay. I definitely hire my own staff. Oh, okay. I haven't had to hire any staff. Well, I did hire one. Uh, mm -hmm. We had a court reporter who moved to Michigan mm -hmm. because her husband got transferred to Michigan. Okay. So we had to hire a court reporter. Oh. Not a big deal. Now, is there like a, you just put it out on your page, like, hey, we're looking for a court reporter for Superior Court 1? or Put it out on your page. Oh, put really? The county's, the county's page. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, and I heard court recorders play pretty well, too. I, I, I want to say there was advertisements a few years ago because they were looking for them, and oh. it's a pretty good paid position. Yeah, court reporters, I think, are the highest paid position in the court. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, they got to type super fast and keep up with Judge here, who talks really fast. Well, and, and they have to be accurate, right? I mean, that, that's a plus, right? Well, that's important. Yeah. The court's record. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, what we have. I mean, some of that stuff you have to preserve for 55 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. They keep all the evidence, too. So uh -huh. if you ever have been to a trial and you see all the evidence stacked up in yeah. front of the um, bench, yeah, they have to keep all that stuff. We keep all that stuff at the courthouse. So what really? happens when we run out of room? I mean, what, well, what do we do? We are, we're close to being out of room. I mean, oh, my gosh. Greg, why did you ask that? He's coming to see us next month now. <laughs> <laughs> we need some warehouse space. No, uh, there's still space to put stuff okay. in. Um, court reporters go through and they are diligent about clearing the stuff out that they don't need it anymore. Oh, okay. okay. Well. So they free up space wow. as they need it. Yeah, I guess never really thought about that, you know, that, but you said 55 years, is that actually a, a, a real number? Like for like murders? Yeah. A little felony cases? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So there's like 
murder evidence from mm -hmm. if you go over there today yeah from 55 years ago in the courthouse now have you ever had somebody where they said hey i'm i want to redig in evidence from 40 years ago this case can can anyone like file a petition with the court and have access to it or is it law enforcement only or anyone can but the defendant can so i have had petitions for post-conviction relief mm -hmm. filed i'm trying to think of this case may have been from the 90s, okay. where the guy was convicted of murder. I can't even think of his name off the top yeah. of my head. If yeah. my secretary was here, she would know it right away. Um, and he wanted some, well, the jury selection stuff. Okay. You know, he wanted oh. transcriptions from oh. like 30 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And we have to have all that stuff. And then was his point trying to, hey, I think there was two jurors that, that were some wrong here, so therefore I want to try to get this overturned or something or i'm not exactly clear what his point was wow but his appeal was denied oh by the okay. court of appeals so oh no kidding that's all i know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thanks so but Judge no Fish, do you do you handle appeals in your courtroom like would if something happened could they appeal to you or is that above you so they would have a settlement in your court or a conviction and then they would appeal above you so if there's a judgment or a decision in my court somebody could ask me to reconsider that Okay. And then if they also could ask for a motion to correct errors, but then after that it goes to the appellate court, and then after that oh it, it all goes to the Supreme okay. court. Yeah. If they still don't like what they hear from me, then they can take it higher. Huh. So it's correcting errors, but that's not like a retrial, is it? That's just a. No, it was just somebody saying I made a mistake and I should correct my error. Okay. Like maybe on an evidentiary ruling or. But that wouldn't necessarily change the outcome, would it? Or could it? Well, sometimes it can, but sometimes it wouldn't. Oh, okay. Like, even if that evidentiary ruling has changed, mm -hmm. there's still been enough evidence to convict. Gotcha. Yeah, that kind of thing can happen, too. Okay. Yeah. So now, when, when a jury... are what Have you ever sequestered a jury at all? No. Is, is it... I mean, I, I, I imagine it's rare. sequestration you're talking about. Oh. They, like, they go to a hotel. Correct. Yeah, hotel. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we... That's what I see on TV, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're technically sequestered as soon as I uh, have them retire for deliberations. Oh. Right? But I still let them separate okay. under certain circumstances. So we had a jury last year. It took them three days to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And even though they were retired for deliberations and sequestered, yeah. they still got to go home every night to their families. Okay. Yeah, because nobody's paying that bill. You just admonish them, you know. They're not allowed mm -hmm. to look at anything. Um, they're not allowed to talk with anybody about the case. Right. Uh, and I have every respect for the jurors that I've had. I think we've done maybe like 14 trials since I've been on mm -hmm. the bench. And I have a feeling that they have all listened to my rules and followed oh. my rules. Maybe I'm just a Pollyanna. You know, um, no, you're a scary, intimidating dude. Like, I'm not going to go against you. <laughs> no, no, you no I don't mean whisper. that. I don't mean that. You know, that. this guy's a colonel. We can't mess with this guy. <laughs> I know. I take that back. <laughs> I was teasing. I was teasing. <laughs> so I think they take it seriously. And I think they're they're fair and honest, and mm -hmm. we should trust them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we have to trust the process, right? Or else it, if we lose faith in that, then we're... As a country, we're kind of screwed, you know? Yeah, I think so. 100%. Yeah. So, uh, Judge Fish, we are. I think we're down to the last three, four minutes here. Is there anything that you wanted to make sure you touch base on or any shout-outs you want to send to family members or anything? <laughs> tell, tell the police in Burns Harbor to pull over a black SUV with pink stripes on it because uh, 
You know, just saying. <laughs> I'm going to tell Roseanne on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have anything like that. I, uh, I've, it's been great. Yeah. I'm happy to come back anytime. So, oh, no. You're such, such a nice gentleman to come on our show, too. We appreciate it. We know you're busy and you got a lot going on in your life. And obviously, with all this court stuff, you got a lot going on in your life. So we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and the other thing, too, is sharing his journey, how he got here. You know, it's like, you know, every everybody that, that runs through the election process has a read, you know, why did you do this and why did you do that? And you've got a pretty interesting background, you know, and, and it's uh, now when, when you were in high school, did you think you were at some point going to be a judge? I wanted to be in the FBI. Oh, no. Okay. Wow. Wow. Do you still want to be in the FBI? No. No. <laughs> Especially not now. Oh. No, I had a buddy, one of my first sergeants when I was, not my first sergeant, but a guy who was a sergeant of me mm -hmm. uh, in the National Guard. He was a policeman down in Terre Haute. Mm -hmm. And he's like, dude, you don't want to be a police officer. You want to be a lawyer. Huh? Right? And he's the one who first suggested to me that no I should go kid. to law school. Yeah. Wow. So I switched my major from criminology to political science. Uh-huh. Great way to get into the restaurant business. Or be a bartender. Yeah. Or you can go to law school. <laughs> That's what I do. So that if you did not have that conversation with that lieutenant right then, do you think you would have still been sitting here? I don't know. Sitting at something? I'd really feel like if I told any if I gave any advice to anyone, I would say listen to the things people are saying to you mm -hmm. in your life. Because typically people who are outside observers are people who have insight that you don't have about yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can take what they say, exercise a little bit of introspection, and hopefully you arrive at decisions for yourself that will be productive and help make you successful. More yeah. Forward. See, that's awesome. See, that's, I've always said too, the power of conversation is is immeasurable. And and here's an example of that, or, you know, like things happen for a reason. If you, you know, you didn't run into him that day, would that conversation have existed and you may not be sitting here, you know, and, or maybe you would, you know, we don't know, but it's just definitely, it did give you a nudge. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know? It, yeah. He was a guy who I was with like all the time, mm -hmm. a friend of mine, and we had a lot of conversations together. So, yeah. uh, and that's like also on the flip side of that, if you see something in someone, mm -hmm. always point out the positive attributes you see in people. Yeah. Um, because oh, that's awesome. From that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm sure you you send him about 150 dollars a week and as a thank you you know for your position and, <laughs> and he appreciates that or does he let you hear does he ever run into going you know I'm the reason why you're sitting in a judge spot uh, Colonel <laughs> I was at summer camp um, last summer down at Fort Campbell tragedy in Fort Campbell uh, uh, yesterday as well with the helicopter crash but mm -hmm. so my buddy his name is Norm Laudermilk and I was uh, looking at a kid across the room with a name tag on with too many letters for the name tag. Oh. It says Louder Milk. I'm looking at his face and I'm like, oh, that is Norm's son. <laughs> and there was my really? Norm's son wow. working with the same division that we both worked for. Okay. It's been 20 How years cool. ago now. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's another thing the National Guard's about, right? Is uh, generational yeah. uh, continuity. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So I'm sure, did he recognize you? You've seen him before, I'm sure. Well, I held him when he was a little baby. Yeah. So I made sure he knew about that. And then I texted his old man real quick. Like, hey, I'm talking to Josh right now. This is the most surreal thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah. Uh, and he's, of course, like, yeah. I'm like, that's pretty surreal. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool that stuff. That is really cool. Yeah. Well, we're about out of time. Uh, this is WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz. Uh, one of your hosts, Greg Sims. The other host, Andy Bozek. We've been sponsored today by the Independent Order of Vaudfellows, and we've had the distinct 
honorable pleasure of of uh, Judge Mike Fish being on on board, Colonel Judge Mike Fish, or however you want to put it. Don't <laughs> <laughs> call me late for dinner. <laughs> But, uh, thank you, Judge, for joining us. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> All right. It's been fun. All right. Take care. We'll see you guys later. Let's see you next week. Bye.